Continue. So, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, apparently, about a mile and a half, two miles away from where we were at the uh, Legoland Discovery Center, uh, Milpitas PD had an officer-involved shooting. Wow. Where some jackass in a stolen car decided to shoot at the police officer. The police officer in returned fire in kind, uh, striking the suspect, incapacitating him to the point where he did not respond to our canines biting him. <laughs> Yay! So, Where'd they shoot him? Right. Hello. Let's try this again. It's Mike Take Marazzo two. with Brandon Silvera. Episode 27, and Brandon's wearing his pink full house woodworking breast awareness hat. What's up, buddy? We had technical. Like, well, it's breast cancer right? awareness, not just breast what did awareness. I, say? I breast think people <laughs> are pretty aware of boobs. Eyes up here, guy. Yeah, Eyes right here. here. I'm right here. Okay. I'm right here. No, I didn't plan. Um, I didn't plan well this year. Last year, what we did was um, I saw a bunch of people like doing pink patched hats or doing pink versions of their stickers. Mm-hmm. And uh, my stepmom, Janet, is a uh, breast cancer survivor. Shout God out, Janet. Her. Awesome. Um, so I did a limited run of pink hats where we donated all the proceeds. Every dollar that we made off of it, we sent to one of the uh, breast cancer awareness, like pre-screenings that really right. focuses on that this year. I didn't, f- I didn't plan well enough ahead. Um, so we didn't get a chance to do that, but I thought for sure I'd, I'd rock it cool on the show. And it's October. It is breast cancer is awareness. Not Save the breast awareness. We were don't watching. Let, I used to have a shirt that said, don't let cancer steal second base. <laughs> and nice. it had two giant softballs right here. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. We were watching at work, we were watching the news, and I don't know if Why? you know, but Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. I don't know if I can say it two more times because I don't want her in my house. Yeah. But she <laughs> made a mandate that everyone has to report their vaccination status by the 16th, and she was going to be laying off all the police officers or city workers that don't do it. So, needless to say, there's going to be like thousands of police officers off work. Won't happen. And no, they, they went to work, and they showed up, and I completely lost my train of thought and forgot what the story was. Oh, so they're interviewing. <laughs> we're getting back to boobies. They're interviewing a, f- a female police officer. You're talking about boobs, and Mike's like, God damn it, I lost all. <laughs> well, boobs. <laughs> so, they're interviewing a female police officer who wants to keep her identity, like, hidden. So Did they show the her camera, fucking name tag? No, because she was in plain clothes, but they showed okay. her from the neck down, and all you got to stare at was her boobs. Her <laughs> boobs were talking. It was hilarious. And they're like, we we're just imagining after the interview, she goes to the camera guy, hey, guy, my eyes are up here. <laughs> not, not down here oh, anymore. Man. Can, you These imagine, aren't talking. can you imagine how much shit she's catching at work? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw your boobs on I TV. I guarantee you her new nickname is Tits McGee. Tits McGee is off tonight. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Corningstone. (laughs) Tonight's news with Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. (laughs) That's a show. (laughs) Ron Burgundy and Tits McGee. Tits McGee. Tits McGee is off tonight. (laughs) Live, local, hard-hitting, late-breaking. So, speaking of work and police, how was your week? 
Um, well, I am on the current season of The Walking Dead. I oh, you've caught up. I just I watched tonight. Up. Did you watch tonight's episode? Well, I, I'm, no, oh, I, I am just starting. I am on season 11, episode one. Oh, okay. So I should probably be caught up by the end of the week, unless I get distracted or, you know, <laughs> you gotta love take that a nap. job you have. <laughs> Um, but no, I did uh, get some news today. It turns out I will be an FTO. Uh, well, here in the very near the future. Once, well, yeah, I'm, they're going to send me to FTO school and uh, hold on, have me become an, an FTO and, and mold young minds. <laughs> hold on, Mike's looking for the applause button or some sort of congratulatory button <laughs> that if he's pushing is not coming through my headset, which means it's probably not making it oh, into the audio portion of the show. It was in. And now you can see visible frustration in Mike's face. (laughs) So uh, my friend at work, uh, I told him that you're going to be going to FTO training. And he had had a good joke. He's like, are they going to be learning the Sokoloff method? So for people. The what? The Sokoloff method. That's the other FTO training method. So there's two main methods of FTO training. And for people that don't know this. The one that I went to, like almost 20 years ago, is called the San Jose model. It is. It is the, if, what I, I've been told is the industry standard. Well, then there's the Sokoloff model, which is the one. Oh, that is the, that the, like, you the keep a journal used. bullshit? Yeah. So yeah, the joke no. was they'd be sending you to the Sokoloff yeah. method because you're the San Jose police. Oh, yeah. well, I'll have to blank that out. But. Because of your department. It's okay. If you've listened it's named to episode after seven, your department. you know where I work. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we, I do we try to not it. flaunt it too much. Right. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, so I'm, when do you start? So we don't have a date for the school yet. Uh, okay. They basically just came through and said, hey, uh, you've been selected for the FTO program. Here are the FTO teams that are available. You guys will bid in seniority order. I am bidding at number eight out of 11. And oh, 11 people put in for it, yeah. Well, yeah, basically, and how many I would say 11 sending? people got selected. Oh, but, okay, I'm uh, sorry. Well, yeah. so it's all so here's the thing we do everything in house. That's one of the benefits of having a big department, is our training unit is I won't say huge, but we're able huge. to it's huge. huge, maybe the greatest ever in the history of training departments, possibly the greatest ever in the world. Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> so we're able to do a lot of things in-house. So yeah, it's, awesome. um, it's going to be an 11-person just class that cool. we'll go through. It's all going to be done in-house, uh, and then we'll come out of that. Hopefully, by the time that that class starts and ends, I will be healed, and I can just roll right out into the street with a brand-new recruit, gonna, and, and we'll learn shift. together. Right? I, could in, I could end up on day shift. I could end up on swing shift. I might even stay on midnights. Oh, they don't so know. So it, it really just it's depends. wherever you're needed. Yeah, so... They need midnight FTOs, but there's only three midnight FTO slots available. So okay. not really sure how that's going to work. Uh, there's like four swing shift ones and then like three day shift ones. So either way, I'll have weekends off. So my schedule might change a little bit as far as days off go. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what uh You'll what just happens. have Saturdays and Sundays or Saturday, Sunday, Monday? So I'll either have the same oh, days Friday, off I have Saturday, now. Friday, Sunday. Okay. Or I'll have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Possibly even Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but I really don't want to go to that team. I know a few people on that team, and we don't we don't work well together. 
Oh. They're not listeners, I suppose. No. No, they're not. And even if they are, they know we don't work well together. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it okay, would no shock one, nobody. Not many people listen at my work, but it's funny. My friend Patrick, who I got to see twice this week because, or three times this week because I was at work for five days, he goes, hey, I gave your podcast a listen a couple times. I'm like, oh, man, thanks. And he's like, I got to tell you. Not ya. a fan. No. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, sucks. I'm actually surprised at the quality. And I'm like, thanks. And he cool. goes, no, like the, the audio sounds good and you guys sound good. I'm like, ah, cool. All that training I had like 30 years ago Th- is paying off. Th- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Right? Maybe. So. I was, like, I so was expecting it to be dog shit, but it's actually not terrible. <laughs> it's not that, not bad. I love those. Those are my favorite kind of compliments. Like I was getting ready to bag on you, but I have to kind of hand it to you. It's not, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Thanks for the backhanded comment. Yeah. So you got Comp- to the compliment. walking dead. Comp- yes. What did I'm, I say? I'm, comment, I'm up to, you said comment. It's all right. You're tired. Probably yeah, a little drinking. drunk. It's, it's fine. Little. It's not the end of the world, Mike. I've been drinking all day, and surprisingly enough, I can keep this on the reels. Because it's a kid's birthday party by your house. Yeah. You didn't go to, like, Chuck E. Cheese or anything. No. We did Chuck it at e. home. We did in it Russia, at home. Chuck E. Cheese in, come to you. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, birthday party have you. You. Yeah. I do one of these days. I saw this happen when I was a kid, and now I, ever since then, I want to do this. I want to rent a slushy machine and then turn it into a margarita machine. Oh, yeah. I just I think that would be great for me. Who actually had the twin slushy machine and a margarita machine out by his pool. That yeah. would be awesome. He, he had some money till the wife got it all. Yeah, see, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. But that's a good idea. Until the wife came and took it all. Yeah, <laughs> or she stayed. Oh, she stayed. All. Oh, he left. <laughs> yeah, he, she stayed he and took it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you got through The Walking Dead, got all caught up to season 11. Yep. And you made FTO school. And I'm you going to FTO school. So Anything major happen in your department? Um, Not at my department. Yesterday, though, a neighboring agency... Uh, why, <laughs> I was actually in the city when this happened. Um, in the city where it happened or in your yes, city? Yes, in, in the city oh, of... The, okay. Well, I don't work there, so who cares? Uh, Milpitas, right. California. Milpitas, California. Hello. Little Penis, California. Yeah, Little Penis. That's, that's actually what I kind of call it sometimes. Uh, uh, sure. Anyways. They have a really big mall. It's called the Great Mall. Okay. Well, I know. isn't the Great I know, Mall I know, it's in crazy. Minnesota? Well, that's the Mall of America. Oh, that's Mall of America. Okay. And that thing is freaking enormous. Yeah, I've been there. They even have a roller coaster inside. I've there. been there. They have a wow. they have like a Nickelodeon land in there. That's before, um, you know, Minneapolis got bad to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. So, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Uh apparently about mile and a half, two miles away from where we were at the uh Lego Land Discovery Center, uh Milpitas PD had an officer involved shooting. Wow. Where some jackass in a stolen car decided to shoot at the police officer. The police officer in returned fire in kind, uh, striking the suspect, incapacitating him to the point where he did not respond to our canines biting him. Yay! So, where did they shoot him? Say it. Oh, I thought you were going to say in the face. face. Yeah. Well, I don't know there if he got go. shot in the face or not. I don't. Oh, know. we'll pretend. But but my buddy was tasked with because Milpitas PD is very small. Yeah. Um, our department being large and having resources available 
decided to help them out. My buddy sent me a text. He goes, well, looks like I'm Mill Petis PD today. <laughs> oh, so he's working the streets so he while was, they're doing. So he was tasked with helping Mill Petis uh, cover calls for service while they were okay. responding to a critical incident. But from what I understand, the officer is completely fine. Thank um, God. At least physically. Um, it's a hell of a okay. thing to have to go through a shooting and, and then live with the fact that you took a life. Even if yeah. that life was trying to end yours. Yeah. So. I don't very know. happy that he's okay. Very happy that uh, the suspect is in custody. Or dead. I, hey, I never saw a press release saying he was dead. Oh. Okay. I just know that my buddy said, well, apparently he wasn't responding to the dog. Because that's the number one question the everyone asks. It's like, hey, is the asshole dead? Especially if What's he the shoots dog say? Yeah. <laughs> dog said, ar, 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 ar. <laughs> but But that's what he goes, well, uh, according to the event here, he was not responding to the dog bite. <laughs> They're starting Good. CPR. Like, oh, so they're putting lipstick on a pig. Perfect. Yeah. After they cuffed him. Yeah. Then they're doing CPR. That actually happened one time uh, on live TV in the uh, Bay Area. There was a... On the show live PD? No. Like, on okay. the news. Like, they were oh. following... So here's what happened. There was a string of FedEx truck and UPS truck robberies. Okay. And uh, this guy actually ended up carjacking a UPS truck. Took some shots at the sheriff's deputies that were trying to stop the truck. Yeah. And then I refused to call it a high-speed pursuit because it's a UPS truck. Yeah, but Uh, it get up to like 50. Yeah, I think we actually got up to like 60, 65. Oh, okay. Anyways, like basically the whole city and county showed up. And we assisted with providing an outer perimeter because it was a sheriff's department case. Okay. It just so happened to uh, stop in the middle of our city. And um, guy has a shotgun. They're going back and forth with negotiators first. It's happened on Valentine's Day, by the way. Like, he did this with his girlfriend. It was really romantic. Oh, his girlfriend was in the car? Yeah, well, she she ended up running out. Like, she was a co-conspirator in it. She's like, fuck Valentine's Day. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, I ain't, bro, we're going to do, like, state prison time. Like, we need to go. (laughs) Bye. I'm coming out. So he ended up having a shotgun. He, as, like, the the news helicopter is capturing this just perfectly. I'm at, my wife and I are sitting on the couch watching it. Because, I mean, come on, it's better than live PD. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's actually happening right now. Yeah. Um. So he ends up going, you know what, screw it. I'm going to make a run for it. Goes to run, ends up running towards a crowd, shotgun still in hand, and I just see him crumple to the ground. I go, he got shot. <laughs> oh, oh, did he shoot himself? So, no. So one of the perimeter units had a long gun, saw he was running towards a crowd, and actually a reporter, and he goes, well, one shot, drops him, shot's effective. And then as the reporter is like, on the news, holding the microphone over her shoulder, you can see the SWAT team like cuffing him up, turning him over, and then starting chest compressions. Nice. I'm like, oh shit, they need to cut from this. He's dying on life. You need to know your producer Dude, needs to like go to something else. If it else. bleeds, it, it leads. leads. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that thing from the time that they could get the helicopter overhead to the time, that, like I'm talking the. Probably like until primetime TV started 
with new episodes of stuff. It was just that. That's all they covered. <laughs> Yikes. I'm like, good lord. Like, I, I understand it. It's it's gonna get ratings. It's very newsworthy. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it was a I remember like watching it. It was a very tenseful tense situation because they actually he had a hostage. He took the UPS driver hostage, had his girlfriend in the car. He was on like parole or something like that. Like he was he was done. And then he decided that he was going to try to run. He he didn't, he didn't run very far. <laughs> He's he posed, not a Gale Sayers. He posed an imminent, imminent danger, imminent yeah, threat to the lives of everybody that was around there. I so. was hoping you were saying that he was running with a shotgun. He tripped, fell, and blew his fucking head off. Oh, that <laughs> would live TV. That would have been amazing to see. That's what I wanted to see. One of these days, that's that's had to have happened at least once, right? Like to where it's been captured on live TV. Ah, you would think. Have you ever seen a brain get blown out? Yeah. More than once. Primarily through through car accidents. No, no, I mean by gun. Oh, yeah, I've seen that too, but like my... The whole brain. My primary... Well, I mean, there were parts of it here, parts of it there. Like it wasn't intact. Because we had this girl... This woman, she was 42, living at home with her Italian parents. And well, there's right a off, reason. It could be one of the contributing factors. So she was depressed, obviously, and her parents, they had a kitchen like all the Italian families around here have their kitchen upstairs, and then they have a kitchen in the basement, full kitchen in the basement. So the parents were downstairs in the kitchen in the basement and having their morning coffee and pastries, and she took her dad's. 357 Magnum and she fired two shots the first shot she must have accidentally shot her because she shot the hand went bullet went through her hand and through the bed uh, headboard through the room and the next one didn't miss and the bullet went up into the ceiling but her big whole brain came out and it hit a wall and it hit another wall and it hit the ceiling and then it came down on the ground and split into pieces, and then you know, of course, there was pieces of it all over else, everywhere else. But would you say uh, that she had lost her mind? She lost her mind. I no, so I, so the first brain I ever saw was car accidents uh, a lot. Yeah, so it yeah. was a uh, uh, ped versus train. All right, pedestrian for people that don't. know Yeah, what so ped is. pedestrian versus train. But here's the weird thing: he didn't get hit like full on. So you know how trains have go on a track. Um, yeah. So you know the trains that go on a track, they go choo choo. No, so they have this um more or less like a plow at the front end yeah. to push like snow and debris and stuff away. Right. So the way that he was he was on a jogging path and you're not supposed to like cross the tracks, but everybody does that jogs that path. But the Does angle the path that, go across the tracks? It, it's been made to go across the tracks. Like just the traffic of people going over there okay. has kind of forged that path. Okay. But the angle at which that the path crosses the tracks is if you're running it and you have sunglasses on like he did. You can't see the track. You don't have peripheral vision. You won't see a train coming. So he had okay. headphones in. He had oh, glasses man. on. Didn't see it. Yeah. And just the front corner of that plow caught his, his skull. Head. Wow. And it, it dug out a small, probably like quarter-sized chunk of his skull. And then the centrifugal force 
forced out his brain matter through that hole. And this was like my third day. <laughs> so guess what I got to do? Oh, yeah. Find all his brain. Yeah. Just but point it was, to it. No, just go mark it. Go put like a little 3x5 yeah. card next to it, photographic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> so this is, I, my original FTO, day one, hurt his back. Unloading the car. Hey, so they, they he put, could have been I, older. He wasn't. He was like 40. <laughs> um, but I guess he's had some serious back back problems most of his Don't make fun of us people with career. back problems. No, hey, I'm going to be one of you. Um, so they stick me with uh, basically a fill-in FTO until they can figure out, hey, is this guy going to come back or do we need to find a new permanent FTO for you? So they thought it would be really funny because there's one other person in the department with the same last name as me. No oh, relation wow. at all. Yeah, so okay. I rode with... So our car was just referred to for the whole week as Silvera and Silvera. Yeah. That's a TV show. Yeah. So, but I'm sitting there and we had, we had Starbucks each morning and I would get like one of those little peanut butter and jelly things for later in the day. So after I'm done photographing all his brains, I just go sit in the car for a second and I just start eating my PB and J and he just looks over at me and he goes... You're going to be okay, kid. Yeah. You're going to be exactly. all right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I've also seen it where a guy like, this one was messed up. I, he goes to commit suicide by shotgun. With his toes? He's on his knees. I don't know how he reached it. Okay. But he's on his knees. His girlfriend comes into the room. Surprises he looks, him. He looks at her, looks straight ahead. Oh. Blows his blows his brains out right in front of her, or and on her. Yeah, she had a little. Can I get that piece of brain matter from your bra? I just, just real. I, I just I'm not need groping to take you. a picture. I just need to get that out That's of your bra. The coroner's gonna want that right there, that spot God, there. You're not gonna want this shirt anymore. <laughs> you should probably just take it off. No, right, she should right not. now. No. Not, no, my not my cup. Not my cup of tea. Not. Um, Danny's obviously first for anybody right. listening. Uh, <laughs> Mike is joking. We would never suggest that to anybody. Takes a shirt off to anyone. It's a joke. Right. This is satire. Sometimes we make sometimes jokes. We it's just, how we cope. Right. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> we just described some pretty messed up scenes that we've seen. <laughs> this is how we deal with it. Right. I also saw a 16-year-old's brains coming out of his ears after a car accident. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I had to ask the paramedic, what's that foamy shit in the brain? Blood? He goes, that's his brain. I go, oh. Yeah. Oh. Can that's bad. Can you put it back in? Can we, <laughs> can we fix this? <laughs> can you do this? Sorry. So his, co- his cousin day. was fucked up, though. Oh, I thought they you were going to say like, fucking hot. Well, no. No, they were <laughs> drunk and high. Okay. Oh. And one of the like super salty senior sergeants yeah. like was was doing the interview with him and they were talking about how they were smoking weed and everything. Cause I was curious about that case about like what happened with it. But weed's and not dangerous. Continue. No. So you're saying that in the report, it's like, yeah, they said that they were, had been smoking marijuana and got hungry. And in parentheses, he wrote shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the interview, these little assholes like, Oh, uh, how long is this going to take? I got to graduate tonight. I just killed somebody. Like, bro, you're going down for vehicular homicide. Get any brownies? Your life's over. 
Yeah. Hey, can we get some Taco Bell? Did you say over? Can Nothing is over. Just well, yeah. Well, in California, not. Uh, so, I'm so what about Danny's the, first day? Well, the, the fourth time okay. on Danny's first day. <laughs> Wait, hold on, in. Mike. I got some. Other <laughs> <laughs> he's still in civvies, and he's just riding with an FTO. He's not even training yet. And they there was I. Here's what I love to do. I love to go on industrial accidents, where the big sheet metal bending machine comes down and crushes some guy's hand. You know, I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> So I'm sick. I don't know. It's the kind of shit that gets me going. Yeah. So I'm always the first car on the scene. Holy shit. Let me see this. You know, look at that. So this, uh, this poor kid, we have a, a number of marble countertop stores in our town, but the main one that we all know, there was a call there for some kid that got, I'm going to say injured at first. So you know how they move those concrete slabs, right? Yeah. They're granite slabs and stuff. They were loading a container with the concrete slabs, and this kid who was nine was he nineteen? Nineteen years old went in the container and they he was the his first day on the job too. And he was inside the container when the slab broke free from oh, no. the straps and it fucking squished him. Like oh. just crushed him between another concrete or granite slab. So that was Danny's first day. He had to go see that. Like, so welcome you, to the big leagues. Do you think with that, those slabs got discounted? I'm sure his parents owned a few. After I, that. Yeah. <laughs> sure OSHA had I don't know. They did. But like, if they you did get my a, granite in my last house for free. <laughs> so I don't know why. But I was going to say, if, if like the slab kills somebody. Yeah. You, you can't get you, that blood out of that if it's I, not I would sealed think properly. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, sh- like, that's got to get discounted, right? Like, you're not going to take a total loss. After it's released after the court, well, after the investigation and you get it back, because, you know, that's evidence, so you got to take it. Well, does, is the coroner, so you, how do you seize that? Like, where do you? They just have to put it in the corner. You put police, have it, police tape on it. You Don't just move. put the little, yeah. Yeah, and we do, for for as big of a department as we are, we don't even have like so our like crime scene tape is not something yeah. that says like crime scene or like police Caution, do not police, cross. Do not no, yeah. no, it's like orange fucking construction tape. What? It's great. It? I don't know. No one's but even paid attention gr- to that. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I think oh. because it's cheap, so you can get a ton of it. So. Like I'm telling you, dude, these these like major like homicides, dude. There is orange tape fucking everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> like we'll draw X's, like just to make sure that like everyone understands. Keep the Don't fuck away here. from here. Yeah. But that always tripped me out. Like the first time I saw, it, I was like, oh, here's the crime scene tape. Like this is orange construction tape. This is. <laughs> Shouldn't it say police line? Do not cross. I've seen TV. Okay, I'm the not crime here is that we don't have proper equipment. Yeah, <laughs> that's the crime scene. And uh, I, I had uh, Danny's because he was training. I was his FTO, and we went on the, his first suicide. It was at one of our hotels, and the guy shot him. He laid in his laid in his bed and shot himself in the chest with a small caliber pistol, and there was like no blood. So well, yeah, it's all inside. We show up, and. My sergeant, who's now retired, a big Korean guy, he's like, uh, Mike, go get your camera gear. Because now I'm the only FTO, or I'm the FTO and I'm the only ET that's working the street. So I got to yeah. process the scene. Evidence technician. Yeah, thank you. So uh, 
I go, okay. And I tell the rookie, Danny, I'm just, you stay here with guard the body with the sergeant. So I leave. And then Steve, my the sergeant goes, Hey rookie, we need to get a core temperature before we call the ME's office. Oh, and Dan's like, okay. Oh, yeah. And he goes, uh, Dan's like, you know, how do I do that? And he goes, you have gloves with you, right? Yeah. The latex gloves. And he's like, yeah. All right. Well, you need to put your gloves on, and then you need to get an, a temperature by putting your finger in his rectum. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, rectally Danny's is like, the most accurate. Danny's just staring at him. That's what Steve uh, told me. He's just looking uh, at him like, Okay. What? And then, you know, Danny said, Mike said not to touch the body. Because Who's the sergeant he here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, so now you're being insubordinate too? He, he's like, You no, must not no, want no, this no, job. Sir. He, fuck, he puts his gloves on, and then he goes over by the body, and Steve goes, don't fucking touch that body. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> what are you, a fucking moron? <laughs> like, I love it. I don't know what you do. Love hazing the new guys. Oh. Get the dead guy's body temperature by sticking your finger up his ass. Okay. <laughs> My sergeant's right. telling me to. Doesn't sound right, but okay. Uh, I'm going to okay. miss that and As you progress job. in your career, you learn you to tell get to sergeant, do that. that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Not that sergeant you didn't. <laughs> no. There there told me sergeants where I've looked at him and gone, no. No. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got those. But he once told me I can't lie to someone to make him do something because I'm the police. I go, no, that's why I can lie. What's with you? It's not <laughs> a lie. It's called a ruse. It's a story. I, I'm good at I utilized stories. a ruse. Oh. All right. So I, what else happened at work? I think that's pretty much it. That's it. Uh, I'm going to a confidential informant class. Oh, that'll be cool. How to learn to um, make CIs. Yeah. Gather and gain CIs and work them. Yeah, and that's being put on by um, one of the units I'd like to get into. So I'm going to go there and kiss the ring and and bring my knee pads. And maybe they remember that next time they're putting out for uh, needing officers. So I'm going to plug my computer in. Hold on. Oh, We've made it this far without Mike plugging in his computer. Here at the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast, we uh, are nothing but professional. We come prepared. Uh, all of our equipment is always ready to go. And we do everything in one take and never, ever have to restart or pause to fix shit. Why do you think it takes me hours to edit this shit? I think you should just let one go. Like, let these people see what kind of... Well, it's unedited on YouTube. Yeah. See, I think that's great. So if you if you for you people that are just <laughs> listening to the audio, if you want to hear, like even if you just let and it see. play in the background and just listen. Yeah. If you want to just hear the shit that goes on. <laughs> I would I would these like these two idiots. Yeah. I would like to just ask you to please put it on on YouTube and let it play in the background cuz we get just, credit for the hours watched. Yeah. So just play it in the background. Don't even pay attention. If you want to watch, you, watch. Watch when you have a chance, yeah. but, like, just, it, it's hilarious. Which, by the way, I was watching the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. And your volume on YouTube was, like, I couldn't hear you at all. Really? Yeah. And I was coming through super loud. Huh. So Did you, did you do what you told Joey to do? I did. I turned Joey it up. Joey Steelblades? <laughs> I did. I turned it up. When, you're, when you, I saw your mouth moving. 
And then, okay. and then I had to try to anticipate when I was going to start talking so I could turn it down so I didn't blow the speakers out of the TV uh, and wake up my wife. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's it, because that computer man. that I it's returned. Technology. It, I, I had to edit those last two on iMovie, and it's just it only gives you so much audio stuff that you can do. It's, it's very limiting. Yeah, so Shit happens. So when I was an FTO in my last police department, that's how I watched The Walking Dead was I would stay up. I don't know if I told you that I would stay up at night to to try and force myself to be awake at midnights and I just watched The Walking Dead like six or seven episodes in a row. <laughs> and then I would go to sleep and have fucking nightmares about oh, zombies. Geez. And I'd go to work the next day tired and I'd be like, What's with you? I'm like, I watched like seven episodes of Walking Dead and then I had zombie zombies in my <laughs> dreams and I'm like, Stop watching The Walking Dead and I'm like, I gotta stay awake somehow. So So I remember when uh, Annie and I would watch it, like we we got into it pretty good, like around the time that like season three came out, so we got caught up. We were watching it, and our son, as a like a little kid, was getting so used to it that like every time the Walking Dead theme song would come on, he'd get all excited, like yes. <laughs> and now I can't imagine him watching any of those episodes because oh. I think it would freak him out. Yeah, he's a, now yeah because he was little then. Yeah. He's nine he now, it. right? Yes. Nine. My buddy so Danny would... sent me videos today of his nine-year-old today at the range shooting for the first time. His, nice. His AR-15, a <laughs> um, couple of his um, 1911s, his new um, SIG, the one that we're going to be using on duty. And uh, he said his son shot like 66% accuracy. First time Not shooting. bad. And he, did, and he sent the videos he sent where the kid had the stance. Everything was really cool to watch. Has That's your kid awesome. done anything like that yet? So he's shot, uh, when we went to Colorado, him and my oldest daughter got to shoot uh, twenty two. Cool. So, and they, I mean, once they kind of figured out the, because my dad has a scope on his, because, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Yeah. Um, once they kind of figured out, because the scope wasn't perfectly zeroed, so once they kind of figured out, like, oh, okay, I want it to hit here, so I need to aim it here. They yeah. both like they had tight groupings. Nice. So, I, I, yeah. I'm excited to start introducing them into handgun. Yeah. And then him when he's older, probably another year or so, I'll let him try like a a two two three. My daughter, I think the first time I took her shooting, I don't have anything smaller than a nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have a thirty two Tomcat Beretta that I wear on my ankle for my backup gun. Mm-hmm. But we don't shoot that out in the public. So uh, sh- the first gun she shot was my Kimber 1911 Custom and with the weapon light on it and the trigger light switch yeah. and all that stuff. And she just killed it. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever seen. She just blasted, blasting away. Nice tight grouping. Had the flashlight working. She had the whole thing going, man. It was pretty cool. Nothing more impressive than seeing your kids shoot. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fun. Well, and especially when you're in a profession that yes you know utilizes firearms and you taught tactics and all that stuff yes so it it, like for me it was fun to teach my kids in our base (laughs) house in in north dakota how to clear rooms the military way which is very dynamic okay i don't i don't do well with this the way we do it is very slow methodic i understand it and it's very necessary but I remember a buddy of mine, uh, we're both prior military, and we were assigned as rookies 
uh, to a very senior team. And we both made the decision like, hey, if we have to clear this structure, we're doing it dynamic. We're not going to wait for those guys because they're asleep. We're just going to go dynamic, shock and awe, and just own the building, be done with it in about five, ten minutes. <laughs> and then now Luckily. it's like very two in each room. Okay. Right. But that's how I taught my kids just how two? to do it very dynamic. Well, minimum two. Okay. Some of these houses, especially yeah. in some of these lower income neighborhoods, you can't yeah. fit you can't more than more. two people. Right. Yeah. So there's been a lot of times I've gone into a room and just gone short room. I got it. Yeah. Because I just go, yep, it's clear. <laughs> So, but yeah, my kids, I, that was so much fun teaching them how to dynamically enter a room, do the whole violence of action, flip a table, I, awesome. set up a card table, not like an actual yeah, no, like, a light, a light coffee one. table, like just have them flip it over and like pop, pop, pop with their <laughs> Nerf guns. That's awesome. My did daughter actually really under, that? I'm sure I did on one of my older phones, but okay, I think, uh, the the baby is getting old enough to where we could start working some of that stuff. And then uh, we could actually have a full blown fire team with the four of us. <laughs> that would be cool. Film so, that. Cause I want to see. Oh that. yeah. Yeah. We'll set up, we'll set up a camera once we go over some things and talk about how we would clear this house. Yeah. I know that we keep, I keep a 12 gauge under my bed that's loaded and you don't have to even, wreck around it's ready to go just red is dead push the button you know yep. safety off and the kids know it's there and i've told them both over the years i've always had it and this is what happens if someone comes in the house this is where you go this is what you get and this is what you do and my son's like i don't want any part of that my dad my yeah. daughter's like my daughter's like i got it dead I'm like, that's, that's kind of how me. that's kind of how my kids are my son's like he's very much gentle and caring and empathetic and all the things that you want a human being to be. Yeah. And my oldest daughter is like, I will cut a mother trucker. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget one night before I went to work. She goes, dad, she's like, don't get shot. Okay. I'm like, Oh no. She's like, yeah. Okay. She goes, and if somebody tries to shoot you, shoot them first <laughs> in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we went from like, Oh man, daughter. this is going to be like this really like caring, yeah. <laughs> Oh, shucks moment. And she's like, shoot him. That's good. <laughs> Not just shoot him. Kill him. Hey. Kill him. Out of out of my three kids, I think my oldest daughter, Hannah, is the most likely to follow my Protect footsteps yourself. into yeah. the military or right. become a cop or run the world. My daughter was going to become a police officer when she was in her early teens and now... Thank God she doesn't want to do it anymore. Oh yeah, I would have been so proud. Of course, I'm proud of whatever they do, but yeah, our there is something is struggling so much that yeah. I'm glad she just not she's picked a different path. And that's the weird thing is it used to be like every cop wanted their kid to grow up to be a cop, like to have that that legacy that you know, hey, we you know we share this very special bond. Yeah, I know my dad. And now I I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I've my, not necessarily, I, I don't want to say I've talked people out of becoming cops, but I, I had conversations where, you know, if you had asked me a year ago, I'd be like, yo, yeah, you absolutely should do it to this is the reality. 
Yeah. So my my dad decided to not do it. Oh, okay. Uh, my dad was a chief, you know, he made it up to a chief and uh, worked for a couple different departments. And he's 74. He still wants to be on the street. You know, That's he, awesome. Yeah, I wanted to actually work with him at some, we worked together when he retired from being on the street, then he was a dispatcher in my department for 15 years. So I know he's very proud and very happy that one of his sons is actually a police officer. So he keeps sending me shit like, Hey, this town's hiring a chief. I'm like, Dad, man, in six months, I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not out. doing it anymore. <laughs> Last year, yeah, I would have. I wanted to be a chief and run a small town, and now, <sighs> nope, forget it. So, speaking of my work, you're done with your work, right? I'm done with my work. So, first of all, I want to say that this episode is brought to you by Marazzo uh, Woodworking on Instagram. What's Marazzo Woodworking? <laughs> Aren't you the M.M. Midnight Maker? Nope. I used to be Mike Marazzo Midnight Maker and the ha- Midnight Handyman before that, but now it's Marazzo Woodworking. Bet you a dollar I screw that up at the end. <laughs> you might because you didn't read the uh, the damn rundown I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, if you're in the, the market for a flag or a cutting board, charcuterie board paddle that you can smack your wife on the ass with look me up on instagram consenting consenting adults (laughs) right don't just do that shit and if you use the code marazzo 58 you'll get you'll get 20 percent off mike what's the significance of 58 that's my badge number (gasps) not 58 percent off though (laughs) no it's just just to be clear Right. 58 is part of the promo code. You get 20%. Right. You can go to my Etsy page at Marazzo Woodworking, find a flag you like or a bottle opener or anything like that, and put it in your cart. Send me a message. DM me a message with the code Marazzo58, and then you'll get 20% off. Back to the show. Or, or. <laughs> the show is also brought to you by <laughs> Full House Woodworking. Now Ooh. on Etsy. Go yes. to the Full House Etsy page. Favorite something, and you'll get a little surprise. Buy something, and you'll get a second surprise. Want to know what that surprise is? No. Got to go find out. That's right. Go favorite something. You'll like it. I promise. You could actually be (laughs) the first sale. Back to the show. Mike, continue with your week. That was some good copy. All right. So... My week was 3 to 11, Monday through Friday. So my buddy Mike, who's also injured, he got injured in January. He's got, he got injured on camera in the station when a fight broke out in our lobby with a couple of our police officers and some shit bags. He leaves the squad room, runs down the hall that's from 1953, slips on a rug, falls down, his head hits the steel door that goes out to Jeez. the lobby. He falls on the ground shatters his left hand into, you know, 100 pieces, smashes his left knee, his left elbow, and he gets knocked out. The funny thing is, then you see one of the other officers coming in from way in the back, just runs over Mike, jumps over Mike, (laughs) goes out to the lobby. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Mike's been out since January. And uh, they had an independent medical review or whatever. So when I start 
on Monday at 3 to 11, he goes, you know, he's another midnight guy. He's on the other midnight shift. We don't get to see each other anymore because we both work opposite. So back in the day when I was number one on the sergeant's list, he was number two. So nowadays we still, he still calls me number one and I still call him number two. Mike one, and Mike then, two. Yeah, no, no, we just say number one, number two. Not for Mike's, but for sergeant list stuff, you know. Num- number two. Number two. So then he goes, there isn't a list low enough for my number anymore. That's what he tells me because that's what they're, how they're treating them. <laughs> so he goes, uh, how did you get on a 3 to 11 shift? I said, I don't Deputy Chief said, you're, you're going to start Monday on 3 DC to 11. DC had, had a thought. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then he said, you know, because we want to keep you as close to your schedule as possible. And I'm like, okay, why am I working nights? So then he goes, well, if you want to work days, I can ask Mike and maybe Mike will switch with you. That's what the deputy chief told me. And I, I told you this last week. Mike's got yeah. 30 years on in January. He, he's got the say. So then I tell that to Mike and he goes, that's bullshit. They told me that you told them you wanted three to 11s. And I'm like, Mike, how does, it, does that make any sense to you? <laughs> no. Like, well, no. Right. And I go, think about it. First of all, I got no say here. So anyways... They're forcing him to come back to work on Sunday. He had some independent medical review where the the workman's comp and the independent medical review figured he can't get any better. I don't know how that works. So they're forcing him. So this is like as good as it's going to get. So you got to work. Yeah, that's basically it. So he's coming back to work on Sunday, Sunday night, and he still can't steer a car with his wrist. So So they're not going to medically retire him? No. So then I'm driving in on Tuesday and I posted my first video on my Instagram page, Marazzo Woodworking. And it was a video I shot a while back of me breaking down some flag stuff. And my buddy called me who's suing the village because he's got a workman's comp case. And he's like, hey, I saw the video you posted. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you should take that shit down. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, dude, you're like walking around your shop. Like, it was before I got injured. doesn't matter. Take that shit down. Wow. Take it from me. They're, they're going to fuck you. Take it down. I said, how about this? I just won't post anymore until I'm cleared to go back on the street. I would keep the original video because it's, it's going to be... Date stamped. Time and date stamped. Yeah, but you know what sucks is after show I... show prior to the injury. I edit all that stuff from, like, long videos, and then I delete the video because it takes up space and memory on my phone. So... Whatever. So I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. And then they pull some dick move on Thursday. So Wednesday, Thursday, there's a huge homicide conference here in the Chicagoland area. I've gone to one. I've gone to the same conference two times when I was the forensic investigator on the homicide team. So all of our investigators are there. All of our brass is there. So there's no detectives or sergeants or lieutenants or commanders or anything here in the chief. So... I come in to see Mike on Thursday, and he's got a letter. And it's the letter that they said, you must come back to work on Sunday. If you decide not to come in, you can no longer, you'll be using your own personal time, sick time, vacation days, whatever. You're no longer getting workman's comp off. So then we're talking about it, Mike and I, and then I get a phone call from the deputy chief. It was like, hey, Mike, how's work? I'm like, you know, what's up? Hey, I need you to run a letter out to Officer B, who's also off on injury. He pulled someone out of a fire and hurt his back, and he's been on restricted duty. I'm like, you want me to do what? 
you need to hand deliver this letter to him at his house. I'm like, what? Me, patrolman. Port, All right. Porter KY. So they're mailing him one certified mail, and they're having me actually work as a server, process server. Wow. Right? That's basically That's what they dirty. did to me. So I call him. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm on my way to your house. <laughs> He's like, what? I go, yeah, I got a letter for you. He's like, all right, see you when you get here. So, and then I get a text from the chief, deputy chief. Make sure you hand it directly to him. And I want you to text me that he got it. I'm like, what? Are you? All right, so I'm pissed. I can't say no. Yeah. Right? This, this, don't, this don't pass no. the smell test. No. So I see him, and he's like, I'm going to fucking send him my ring camera footage just so they know you came out here and, and gave it to me. <laughs> so I, I talk with him for a few minutes, and it's a bad thing. And then I, I come back, and then, of course, there's no one there to complain to, right? So I text the DC, and I just go, done. That's all I say. And then he sends me, thank you, Mikey, with a big exclamation mark. Like, I'm like, all right. So... I get back to the station, and then the nighttime sergeant comes in, and we start talking about it. And he's like, "What the fuck?" It was my. It's actually my sergeant because it was my shift was coming on. Yeah, and he goes, "That's you did what? That's fucking something that a, a white shirt should be doing. That's a boss should be doing that, not a patrolman." Yeah. He goes, "No offense." I go, "No offense. I'm not offended. It's not my job as a patrolman." <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. Hello. So I'm like, "Fuck this." So Friday I come in and I go right to the DC's office. And I'm like, hey, Joe, um, there was a dick move yesterday. He's like, what? I go, sending me to give him his letter? What's the big deal? And we had to get it there. I go, the big deal is that's you. You should be bringing that to him. You or the chief or the lieutenant or the sergeant. Not me. Even his own sergeant. Well, there wasn't anybody around. I go, you're all at a conference. Someone could have won. And delivered it, not me. Don't ever do that to me again. Well, it's not that big of a deal. I go, it is. It's a big deal to me, and you used me, and I don't care for that. And then I left his office. I went and hung up my flag for my lieutenant that I made him. <laughs> the next office over. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my week. I, didn't, I handled, like, one call. A guy came in. I don't know what this guy's motive was. I heard him on the what phone. Is any sitting, of their motive? I don't know. And this is so petty. My first day on Monday, I'm in the squad room with all my buddies. It's like 3.15. I'm sitting in the squad room. I can see the camera that shows the lobby. I can see if someone comes in. And there's a, we have a phone that you pick up to call dispatch for service. So I'm watching the front, and then I'm talking to the guys. And then the DC sticks his head in, and he goes, hey, Mike, come here. So I go in his office, and he goes, oh, yeah. I don't want to tell you this, but I have to tell you this. Um, yeah, the chief doesn't want you like in the squad room. You got to go sit up in the front in the little office up there where there's no TV. Your fishbowl. You have know. in the fishbowl. Yeah, our fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. I brought my computer so I could do all my YouTube stuff, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, fine. And there's a, there's a, la there's a desktop up there, but we have, we can't get onto our MDT client on this yeah. desktop up there. We can get on them in the back in the squad room. So, they can see that I would be on shift and they could send me stuff and I could run stuff. There's not, they don't have that up there. So Jeez. I'm like, whatever. So then, of course, I stay up there until everyone leaves and I go in the back with the guys. 
Yeah. My sergeant's like, fuck that. Don't go sit up there. Sit back here with us. You can see the door. You can see yeah. when someone comes in. So that's what they want you to make you. They want to make you feel like you're. They want to make it so bad that you want to come back to work injured. Exactly. That, and yeah. that's kind of what I was getting at a couple of weeks ago of like, dude, this is miserable. Because you. Right. It, it is. It, it's an isolation tactic to get you to try to come back to work before you're ready. Now, I right. don't know that that's what my department's doing. I know they're very liability conscious. He's like, I don't want you outside of this room where you could possibly make it worse. <laughs> yeah. But we are hurting for people. So if you could right. maybe not Hurry be up. hurt anymore, that'd be right. great. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, we just cut the captain. finger off like in a ceremony that the. Yeah, that's that a buddy of mine that's a. Yakuza does. That's a, a sergeant. He's like, dude, you don't need that. Just cut it off, man. It's more trouble than it's worth. Just cut it off. Right. Yeah. I, you got, <laughs> I look at it, I go, got a knife? Let's go. Yeah. I'll run a lot this bitch right now. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's such a stupid thing. At least you have something that like you're there to you, you could like write a report if if you actually yeah. needed to. Yeah. We are like off to the Isolated. side. I I even brought it up to the captain when he came in there. He's like, "This is kind of stupid to keep you guys here." I, go, I agree. You should send us to <laughs> the investigations bureau where we can help out one of these short-staffed units. Yeah, like and write learn. a search warrant. And right. put some tools. You guys are talking about putting tools in your tool tools belt. In your belt. Yeah. Guess what? That would be a great tool to put in my tool belt. I'd be like, hey, I helped write these warrants on this robbery case, this gang case, this assault case. Right. But, you know, yeah. it's, that makes too it, much it sense, is Brandon. ultimately run by the government. So, yeah. therefore, if it makes sense, you they don't do it. are not allowed to do it. Right. So that, I don't have, that's it, man. I just had a very easy Monday through Friday. What it did allow me to do was remember what it's like to work five days in a row because it's been God knows how long. How was that? And then show me what it's going to be like in six months. How do you like the five-day right. work week versus the uh, four-day work week? I don't do four-day work weeks. I do two days. Well, right. You have like off these two days. weird schedules. And I work three days. And then the next one week, I am oh, only right, you off guys Wednesday, twelves, and all that yes. weird shit. So, the next week, I only work Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm off Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That, man, that, so that actually does sound really nice. But I've worked twelves before, and it just sounds awful. After hour ten, it gets long. Yeah, like those. But last you just two watch two hours more Netflix miserable. shows. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's just two more hours of Netflix. That's true. Who are you kidding? That's see. I'm excited because if I go to day shift or swing shift, so on midnights, I've always said, like, yes, I have three days off. I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. Thursday is a complete and total loss. It is because you have to flip your schedule. Yeah, you have to try to, you know, somehow right. figure your life out. Yeah. So you're really off only Friday, Saturday. Right. And Friday, you're still kind of, like, feeling like ass. And then Saturday, you actually start to feel good. But up. then you get yeah. really depressed in the afternoon because you know that you have to go like back tonight. to work the next day. <laughs> and you have to stay up all night, yeah. Yeah, and you know you're going to stay up all night. But I'm really excited at the prospect of having three days off. Like, three days where I feel right. like me. Especially if you're on the day shift or yes. the swing shift. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, as much as I hate traffic, I, I, cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. I loathe traffic, sitting in traffic. It like that is hell. That is hell for me. So, why don't you put on the, the handcuffs and sawdust podcast while you're driving I, to work I, and I'll make I, you? I, I would make you laugh. But here's, here's the part where I'm I'm selling myself on it. 
Okay. My recruit is going to probably be writing till probably seven, eight o'clock every day. Traffic is usually pretty died out by then. So still get home, you know, like nine o'clock, not going to see the kids, but get to see the wife for a little bit. And then for three days, I'm me. Right. And able to be present. Yeah, it'll be awesome, man. So I'm, I'm very happy. I am. For you. I am looking forward to maybe possibly um, getting some of the natural vitamin D from the sun and not yeah, having to that? take a supplement. Yeah, <laughs> my doctor makes sure I'm on three thousand IU's a day because I don't see the sun. Yeah, that's I. I finally like I. The reason why I don't go to the or didn't go to the doctor very regularly, is I was always afraid I was going to get that news of like you have cancer, or. <laughs> What? You have a two. It's an irrational fear, and if I don't okay. know about it, it's not real. Yeah. So, I ended up going to the doctor. Like, you know what? I'm coming up on my mid thirties. I need to do a better job of this because I don't want to die. Not yet. And the doctor's like, "Do you work? Like, where, when do you work?" She, I told her I was a cop. She's like, I'm "Like at night." She goes, "You need vitamin D." She goes, mm-hmm. "You don't look good." <laughs> Yeah, we're all white paley skins. You look like you feel like shit. We have moonburn. I do. I do. I do feel like shit. Right. Yeah, take vitamin D. And she, like, all this other stuff, like, you need to supplement the stuff that you're not getting from the sun. And she goes, every, and she goes, on your weekends, 15 minutes a day, go stand outside. I don't care what you do, you just stand outside and just have the sun beat on you. And that feels so good. It does. It really (laughs) does. I will never look down on working a five-day work week again if I can see the sun all damn day, every day. So that's what this last four years has taught me. Yeah. that's. I was talking with um, my brother-in-law. And I've, I've always told him, like, I love midnights. I do. I love the work on midnights. I love the pride that comes with being a midnighter. But I'm really tired of feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah. And not sleeping. Like the last year and a half, my sleep has been non-existent. You don't have the luxury to do what I do. And that's just stay on night shift schedule. You can't. Yeah. I did what you're doing and I did it for a long time and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And luckily my kids are grown and they're doing their own thing. So now I just fucking sleep during the day. Yeah. If I didn't have to flip my schedule every so often, I I would just keep rocking it. It helps, but you still... it just gets more and more depressing because you don't see the sun. Yeah, that's true. I know. So whatever. Uh, so nothing major going on as far as cases I've worked or cool calls I got to take part in. Um, I did go to one of my – so last night, my my buddy who was sergeant on the, the night shift at work last night, he was like, hey, come check out what I did at my house. What's cool is he just got married. His wife was in CPD. Okay. For the last four years. And she just left CPD and went to Lake Forest Police Department. That's where the Bears have their training or their training facility. Dot Bears. Dot Bears. Lake Forest is nothing but like money on top of money on top of money. So there, she lateraled in and they start at like, I don't know, 98,000. And after they finish probation, it's, or it jumps up to like 107 and it just keeps going on up from there. So he was telling, I, he takes me to his house to see what the recently recent work he did, and because he lives like literally five minutes, he lives in the city and it's five minutes from work. 
He's on the far west side of, the, of Chicago because she had to live in the city to be a CPD. You have to live in Chicago. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we go to his house, and she's got a friend over, and I go, hey, you know, congratulations on getting out of Chicago and to Lake Forest. And she's like, yeah, thanks, man. It's great. She goes, it's kind of weird because she's not dealing with shitheads anymore, right? So she's with, she's with rich people problems. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they're, they're, they go to the uniform store to get her her uniforms. And it's in Chicago. And she, they park out in front. And one of the guys is just going to get out of the car without a vest on. And she goes, she says to the FTO, what are you doing? He's like, what? I'm going to go in the uniform store. And she goes, you, without a vest? Without a vest? <laughs> yeah. And, she, and he's like, yeah. And she goes, no, not here. This is Chicago. What do you Put your vest on. She's telling the FTO, put your vest you on an, before you get out of the What are you, car. an idiot? Yeah. So he's okay. So then she was telling me about a, a questionnaire that she had to do. She's getting ready to go on the street for the first time. They've been doing a bunch of training. And he's like, okay, tell me about, tell me about some non-traffic arrests. How many non-traffic arrests do you have? And she's like, I, I don't know. Thousands? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> she's like, he goes, what do you mean you don't know? And he's, she's like, I, literally hundreds i don't i don't know um i've i've taken 12 guns off the street and i've i can't, I can't count that high <laughs> yeah and she, and he sees like 12 guns off the street and she says yeah does he not know that she worked in chicago <laughs> i know and then he's like, like did he not get like a little profile of like oh she's lateraling in from chicago maybe right. i can just sleep for a while right and he's like well tell me about one of the most difficult calls you had and she said well the first homicide i went on and he's like first homicide <laughs> How many yeah, the first one was really confusing, but once I figured it out, like, <laughs> homicide 7, 8, and yeah. 9 were priests. See, that's what's so crazy, man. You go from city to that. And I, oh, yeah. her biggest shock is going to be just talking to the public because those people, they Don't think complain. they own you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I so pay we go, your salary. Right. The moral of the story is I'm with my buddy who's the sergeant, and he's driving, so we're going to go see his house and look at the new stuff that he's done. So we leave town. Then one of the guys, there's a crash, and there's a traffic crash, so they send two guys. There's only four guys working. They send two guys to the crash and the suspect DUI. And sure enough, DUI. So one guy's down on the DUI. We're out of town. That guy's down on the DUI. The remaining two guys get called to a fight with 15 people in progress at a bar. Are praying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they start responding to the bar fight that's in the parking lot with 15 people. And we placed an order for food. <laughs> so, Of course you did. You're on a field trip. <laughs> we, go, <laughs> we go to his house. He has to get money from his wife because they only take cash at this place. And then I thought I had $22 when I only my 10 was folded in half, and I actually only have $12. Oh. And then we're trying to get back to work, but we got to pick up the food. And then so then we hear, all right, the two cars that got dispatched to the scene for the fight are pulling up. And then he hears, you know, the, com- the lieutenant call on scene, and he's like, the hell's he doing working? Well, the lieutenant just happened to be in his office an hour after his shift ended. Heard, heard the fight, fight call. with 15 people. He's like, let's go. And ran out, right. I can manage so this. Everyone's on a call, and we're on a field trip. And he's got a call holding for another 1050, which is a crash. A 1050 for us is a crash. So I've got all the food in my – he's like, you got to jump out at the, at the station. Just jump the fuck out of the squad. i got to go handle this crash. I'm like, Tuck right, and roll, tuck eat. and roll. Yeah, so we ordered – I wanted a beef dipped with mozzarella, mo- with beef dipped with mozzarella and sweet peppers and hot peppers on the side. I don't know what he ordered and what the other guys ordered because I wasn't listening. So he throws me out of his squad to go to the crash, and I got all the food. 
and I'm the only one in the station. <laughs> I thought he kept the food with him. You're like, my sandwich. No. So I go my in sandwich. the station, and I'm like, it's like 8 o'clock, and I'm fucking, I haven't eaten since noon, so I'm fucking hungry. Did you eat everybody's food? No. But, so I, the guy who's off on restricted duty, who's coming back Sunday, he was in there because he wanted to talk to the boss. Did so he eat I, everybody's food? No. I opened the sandwich, and it's, it's drenched. It's awesome. They dipped it. And it's filled with hot peppers. Now, I ordered a beef with sweet peppers, mozzarella, yeah, no hot peppers. Yeah. You I had go, hot peppers man. on the side. Yeah. And, I, and there was a side of hot peppers there, but I, I'm like, what the fuck? They fucked up my order. Well, I'm starving. So I fucking eat it. And I tell Mike, these fucking assholes. This was, I'd never been to this place before. This is Dude, supposed to be the great. They fucked, right, they fucked <laughs> up my, my sandwich. And I'm stuffing it down my face. And then everyone comes in after. And they got a couple of rests. And everyone's piling in. And Jeremy comes in. And he, he's like, where's our food? I'm like, it's in the microwave. He goes, why'd you put it in the microwave? I'm like, because it, it holds heat. I don't know. It's in there. Didn't keep it warm. Didn't want it to get cold. He goes, all right. Now I finished eating like 10 minutes ago. So he's pulling shit out of the bag. And he goes... Where's my beef? And I go, there was only one what? beef in the bag. And I, my beef? I ate it. They fucked it up. They fucked up my order. And he goes, did it have hot peppers on it? <laughs> yeah, it I go, did. yeah. Was, was there cheese peppers. on it? I go, no. He goes, that's my fucking beef. You he ordered, son like, of a bitch. I ate his beef. <laughs> I'm bitching that they fucked up my order and my <laughs> beef's in the, in the microwave. <laughs> I just want you to know that yeah. everybody listening, not from... Doesn't like know what a beef the sandwich Chicago is. The Chicago area. No, no, no. When you say, no. like, I ate his beef, it does yeah. not sound the same <laughs> as it does uh, to okay. you. Okay. All right. Well, it's a beef sandwich. It's I understand beef. that. It I'm sounds delicious. French bread, dipped I, in I, the I, juice. Yeah. Okay. I understand. <laughs> a, I know what you're talking I, about. I guess that would sound funny. I'm just hearing it through right. California ears going, okay. I ate his beef. Yeah. It is beef. God damn it, Mike. Uh, okay. Forget that. YouTube's not going to understand. How about that? I ate his sandwich and no, I complained I that the order was you wrong. saying that I ate his The whole beef. time and it was actually correct. <laughs> I just ate the wrong one. And, and you're just sitting there cussing them out. Like, These yeah. assholes, they fucked up my sandwich. And as he's eating my sandwich, my buddy Mike's going, do you believe they fucked up Mike's order? And Jeremy's <laughs> eating my sandwich. That was perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shut up, you son of a bitch. Ah. Uh, all right, time for some serious shit. Oh, man. Brandon, who's this episode brought brought to us by? Marazzo Woodworking and Full House Woodworking. Thank you very much. Might as well sponsor our own fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by absolutely nobody. No, it's brought to you by two fine woodworkers. I know, but it's also all funny right. to say that we're not sponsored at all. Right. Well, well I mean, my, you are. I've got a few sponsorships going. All right, and if you need to know what those are, you just look at my YouTube, uh, my uh, Instagram. One of them right now is I got a promo code that you can get stuff for. For uh, I can't even properly flip you off with this hand. Basecamp mask. <laughs> There's a promo code in my uh, profile. That, that one rubs me wrong. BCMM ten ten percent off. Fucking mask <laughs> for so long, and <laughs> they just <laughs> out of the blue. Hit you a, up like, hey man, <laughs> what about me? I own your shit. I bought your shit. Like, I paid money for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Brandon. If I haven't told this you that, is bullshit. <laughs> uh, real quick, there's two stories that I I have. One of them's actually was a survey or some bullshit that I saw on LawEnforcementToday.com. 
and the it says breaking news, and they get the big you know headline: breaking news. Breaking news. It says reformed question mark. Study shows more than two million crimes committed by released prisoners, and then period two period million period. <laughs> I love the emphasis. What? Yeah, there's an immense difference between a prison sentence and the time actually served. The average state prison sentence served is less than two years for property offenders and less than three years for violent offenders. This so is, you're, uh, you're telling ahead. me that maybe we need prison reform. Hmm. Because... If I'm not mistaken, the main goal of prison is rehabilitation. Like I know in California, CDCR stands for California Departments of Rehabilitation and Corrections. Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't if, know if they're if, correcting if anybody. They're they're definitely not. I mean, there are you know Highly Here's, sophisticated criminal organizations that are being run from right. fucking prison. From prison, yeah. So this is That's the latest not, it's data from the Bureau of Justice Statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice in August of 2021. This is regarding a five-year follow-up of people released from prison. And there's a link to that, to that study. Released prisoners, here's the, just a quick rundown. Released prisoners who serve less than, less time, had higher arrest rates. So during the five-year follow-up period, an estimated 1.1 million arrests occurred among the approximately 408-plus thousand prisoners released in 2012. So from all those prisoners that were released in 2012, they committed 1.1 million more crimes to get arrested on. Again, it just shows that the recidivism rate in this country is absolutely off the chain. And that maybe we should look into maybe some sort of prison reform and actually get people help and teach them maybe a skill while they're in prison so that when they come out of prison, they can actually get a job and be right. a contributing member to society. Like maybe, maybe, just maybe, the cops aren't the problem. Maybe. Maybe. The problem is the system. It says since 2008, across 24 of the states, 82% were arrested at least once during 10 years following their release. 82%. And the annual yeah. arrest percentage among per persons released from prison in 2012, that declined over time with 43% arrested at least once in year one. That's almost half of them in year one. So that was an interesting story. So I think part of this is also... There is something to be said for um, being institutionalized. So similar to people who are getting out of the military, like I just speaking for myself and for the handful of friends that, you know, I've talked to about this stuff, that first year, once you separate from the military is incredibly hard because you no longer have that structure, that routine. You don't have somewhere to be, you don't have a time to be right. there. You don't have, you know, that very regimented stuff, which... I mean, let's face it, prison is similar to that. You have, you know, wake up at this time, chow, you know, yard time, whatever the fuck you're going to do. And then, rape, you know, lights rape. out. Yeah, there's sodomy and then oral copulation. You know, maybe you get a little, 
you know, a little little penetration with a foreign object. Who knows? I don't know how right. you roll. <laughs> stabby, stabby. I'm not sure. But then you get out, and all of a sudden you have this whole big wide world, and you still know a bunch of shitheads. Because let's face it, if you went to jail, you probably were hanging out with shitheads. Like it wasn't wasn't a one off. Right. So maybe we should better prepare people for life outside of it. I don't know. I may not be a smart man, but I can point out obvious shit. The second one's very sad. All right. Back to your regularly scheduled programming (laughs) of depressing (laughs) shit on the handcuffs and sawdust. Mike's back. Woohoo! It's sad shit. All right. It's because of the world we live in, man. Not not all of us, but law enforcement and the people that don't those, really those know what's that, going on. That may be driving right now, like over and over pass or something like that. Like press <laughs> pause, <drive>. press pause <laughs> right. until you're like on level ground, or you clear the railroad tracks. Yeah, let's just all right. Get yourself in a this in a way. safe spot. Get some tissues yeah. ready because you know it's gonna suck. This was from October 11th. So this says manhunt chaos led to a 15-hour delay in finding a Louisiana trooper's body. And there's a quote from the state police colonel, Lamar Davis, that said it created the perfect storm for this to happen. So byline is Baton Rouge. This is from The Advocate by Leah Skeen. A state Louisiana state trooper was shot to death while typing reports inside his patrol car early Saturday morning in Prairieville, but another 15 hours would pass before another officer found him unresponsive. A delay that agency leaders called absolutely unacceptable and a perfect storm of communication failures. During a press conference Monday afternoon, state police Colonel Lamar Davis released more information about the alleged ambush of Master Trooper Adam Gaubert, which added to the mayhem and tragedy of a massive multi-parish manhunt for Matthew Meyer, the shitbag who's the suspect in shooting the trooper and several others. Davis said the chaos of the manhunt likely led to Gaubert going undiscovered for the next 15 hours. He said troopers were maintaining radio silence during the search, meaning non-emergency radio calls were suspended. He said it created the perfect storm for this to happen. Normally, Gaubert would have signed off around 6 a.m. when his overnight shift ended, telling his colleagues 10-7 over the radio. But those calls are suspended during major emergencies like a manhunt or other critical incident per agency protocol. That's what Davis said. So the lack of communication from Gaubert raised no red flags. People not involved. Go ahead. Does it say what time his body was discovered? Yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay. So people not involved in the immediate event are not to communicate on the radio. That's their policy. And you have radio silence in your department. We do too. And we share our band with three other towns. So when one of us has an emergency like that, no one can talk on the radio. So... A lot of people might not understand that. But even if Adam had been fine, he would not have communicated. That's what his, he's saying. Galbert had served 19 years with the Louisiana State Police. He was assigned to Troop A and mostly patrolled Ascension Parish. 
they call their counties parishes down there. So if anyone's wondering if he's driving around in a church, no, the parish is a county. Took so me a on the long night- time to figure out when I first learned about like parishes down in like Louisiana. You know how I learned? Watching Steven to- Seagal because he was on TV as that he was a police <laughs> yeah, officer he was like a, in what, parish like down a there. Sheriff or something? He was a county. Yeah, he was a reserve sheriff. Yeah, he was a reserve on, county sheriff on the parish, like yeah. a captain or something, and he yeah, was out he, every like, night on the streets. Yeah. I don't know what the show was called, but it was pretty cool because he was a badass. So yeah, the a night badass. of his... A fat badass? See, he played we, a badass. Oh, he was actually a badass. You know, he's the only Westerner ever to teach martial arts in the East, Far East. Yes, I'm sure he's a fantastic martial artist. And he's a fantastic marksman, just so I know, in real life. Introduce <laughs> so. a little adrenaline, let's see. All right. He, his uh, heartbeat doesn't get over 62 beats per minute when he's killing somebody. Yeah, Can we get back to the story? Sure. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the night of his death, officials believe Galbert had responded to a traffic accident, which he did, and then parked in a secluded spot behind the Capital One Bank to complete his report. We all do this. Yeah. Go and to what you uh, think is a safe spot. And finish your paperwork. Yeah. Type away. And, that's, and we mentioned this in the past few episodes where I'm just... If I'm not parked next to another squad, I'm not parked in the parking lot by myself anymore. Yeah, so I try he to did find that. secure parking lots. Yeah. So here's where it says it was totally routine occurrence that had nothing to do with the search for Meyer. So all this shit's going on. He's doing a traffic crash, goes in, his, in the parking lot behind a bank to do his report. So this guy Meyer had already shot his neighbors in French settlement around midnight, stolen a pickup truck, and headed toward Ascension Parish. Investigators believe Meyer ambushed Gaubert and shot the trooper multiple times before then committing another double shooting at a house less than a mile away. Gaubert filed his last police report at 2.21 a.m. Just minutes later, around 2.30 a.m., video surveillance shows Meyer driving with his headlights off toward the area where Gaubert was parked. Davis said within a half hour local law enforcement received reports of a double shooting right around the corner. Authorities believe Meyer shot two relatives, leaving a woman dead from her injuries and a man in critical condition. Officers respond, officers responded to that scene, the double shooting at around 3 a.m., but had no idea. Gaubert also desperately needed help. His body went undiscovered until around 6 p.m. Saturday night. So he typically clicks off at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. 12 hours later, this body's discovered. Now, I'm imagining that they run some sort of computer-aided dispatch system. Where you would I'm log sure they have a computer, cat, but they don't log out from the computer, I'd imagine. Well, I can't like, imagine that, it would, that still being logged into that computer would like register as normal 12 hours after. Not a red flag. After. Yeah, right. like that's got to raise some sort of suspicion for somebody. Right. Yeah, you know, we have to say 10, well, my last department we would get, come on, dispatch was in a different building like it is in my current department. We'd say 1041, you know, starting our shift, and then 1042 we were done. This department, we don't say any of that. We just, like you, you leave. But sometimes the guys won't even log off their MDT. I have to log them off when I get in because I have to use the same MDT. Yeah. So I log them out, and then I log on. But we don't punch out on the MDT. 
we don't even call out on the radio. But if no one's heard from us, then we don't take our cars home like the yeah. troopers do. So that's different. But if no one's heard from us, our dispatch will at least status check us once. I, I don't. So anyways. So like for us, it's, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as you. Like we do mostly everything over the computer. Like there's some guys that like our motors unit, if they don't, they don't have a computer. So they come up over the air. Hey, log me on or, you know, 10, seven OD. Um, but even, like, even when I worked in, um, Monterey, we, we would, you would like log out of the computer and then it was, you would come up over the air and say, Hey, you know, you tell just like me off. Good night. Yeah. We don't, um, we don't do that either. So, but now like, e- even if I, even if I like forget that I would, was logged into the computer and leave, I, I guarantee you two hours within two hours, I would be getting a phone call from dispatch. Hey, are you, are you good? Oh yeah. Sorry. I just forgot to log out. Right. Okay, cool. I'll log you out. Yeah, I've gotten and the call after work and go, are you still working? You're on the MDT. And yeah. I'm like, no, man, I'm at home. So. No, my bad. And they're, okay, well, have a good night. Or have a beer for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, so they, to me, that's, and I understand, you know, not being up on the air when you're working a, a major critical incident, but at some point, like, someone's got to go, hey, this, we need to check the status of people. So right, and so they're they're obviously trying to learn from this incident. And this shitbag was then in a chase. He got shot. He's in the hospital, and they have a quote from him here. He was actually speaking to the officers who were guarding him in the hospital, and he said, you know, he was handcuffed to the bed and stuff, and he's in the house or in the hospital. And he said. He actually asked the officers guarding him how Trooper Galbert was. And then he said, I didn't mean to, but the guy was watching the house. He had no idea that this shit was going on and that the shitbag was even near him. He wasn't watching yeah. the house. He just happened to be in a bad location by himself at a wrong bad place, time. Wrong place, wrong time. So I'm hoping that if any of you else that listen to the show that do our job have similar rules and radio uh, blackouts and don't call down or whatever, however you guys log in and log off. It has to change nationwide. So especially like us, our dispatch and you, you're not in the same building. No one knows if you're on or off. So there has to be a better form of communication telling dispatch that you're okay in your home or you're done or whatever. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're obviously addressing it now because of this unfortunate event. Yeah, I, I and I agree. It's a perfect kind of a perfect storm. It doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. No, definitely not. Just that, all of that happening, asking for radio silence or demanding it per their orders. Yeah, I mean, even that. I'm sure they also have the GPS in their car. We don't. I'm sure you do. Yeah, we do. Because we don't have money, so we don't have a GPS. They ask you where you at. Not at my sergeant's house. We're not getting a beef sandwich from down yeah, the street. Definitely yeah. not out of town. <laughs> definitely right. not on a field trip. So I remember when uh, when I worked at Monterey, they had recently, or they got GPS, like after I got there. And man, the old timers were pissed. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> the sergeants loved it, though. Like we would have these little, we, we contracted out a um, company called like Predictive Policing, mm-hmm. and it would take in data 
and say, hey, if you're in this little square, like quarter mile yeah. by quarter mile square. Look out for this. Just just being in that square during this time period will deter crime. Wow. So I would go sit in my box. We call it a little pred pull box. And then like <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden my sergeant would come driving up. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, why are you here? Oh, I just GPSed you. I saw you on the uh, on the thing. Why are you here? Why are you not making uh, traffic stops at you know three o'clock in the afternoon when you know just normal human beings are commuting around picking their kids up from right from yeah. school? Like because I'm not a dick, right? <laughs> Can't imagine why I don't work there anymore. Yeah. Welcome to Lake Forest. <laughs> yeah, where my friend's wife's gonna be. You have to help that lady in her house with her groceries. That's I, when I went to go work on the west side of town. Like that's where the more affluent people are. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. to relearn how to speak to people because right. I'm, I've mentioned this in an earlier episode. I like to work gang neighborhoods. I like I like right. shitheads. I speak that's their a, language. We understand right. each other. <laughs> yeah, I, rich people. I don't. I don't no. know. I can't. Pay, no. I can't tell rich people to fuck off. <laughs> right. Nope. There's a completely different way to speak to people amongst those two. Beats. I'll say. Well, it's funny because people are like, oh, you should treat everybody the same. No, no, you shouldn't. No, you don't. <laughs> right. No, you shouldn't. If I treated yeah. everybody the same. I would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, either way, because if you treat the shitheads and you put your kid gloves on and try not to talk to them the way they need to be talked to, you're going to get hurt. What's well, my favorite thing to see is like these, these kids that are fresh out of the academy, like try to talk to a gangster. Right. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, why you call me sir? Right. Son? I'm like, do you gonna let him call you son? Uh curb sit him. <laughs> well, we've come to now last week we didn't we just had a fun episode about nothing. Yes. So uh we did not do the officer memorial. So this I looked back to see what covered the last two weeks. And we lost eleven officers. Only three from COVID this time. That's good. A lot of gunfire, though. Five by gunfire, including the trooper we just spoke about. One yeah. traffic crash, one pursuit, and one assault. And I wanted to have the press conference queued up from the Maricopa County Sheriff about the assault Yeah, because it was awesome. I don't have it queued up, but you can, you can search it. it. I'll put a link. I might add it, or, and I'll also put a link to Depends it. Depends how fancy you want to get. That's yeah. that's visible frustration. Oh my god, it was it was visible frustration and we're going we'll get to that story so people know what we're talking about. But while I'm bringing up the list, Brandon, are there any is there anything you want to talk about this week as far as leaving our people in Afghanistan? Um yeah, so for those of you watching, um you can see down in the in the corner I have hashtag #soa that stands for save our allies. Uh, SaveOurAllies.org is an organization that is currently doing the State Department's job and getting American citizens, uh, American uh, SIV holders, so uh, special interest visas where these are interpreters that worked hand-in-hand with our special operations unit, uh, infantry people, uh, hand-in-hand with our military, Afghan nationals, that without them we would have lost 10 times more service members down in Afghanistan. They're still trapped. They're still being hunted by the Taliban and they are still being executed when they are found. 
save our allies. If you can donate, donate something. If you can't donate money, donate like diapers. They have go to save our allies on Instagram. They have a link tree. They even have an Amazon wish list. If you don't know what to donate or or you're not sure the best way to help, go there. Donate diapers. We're taking in Afghan infants, children. They need diapers. They need formula. You know, mothers need, you know, pads. They need all the the things to help them breastfeed. America has always been... There's a reason why the Statue of Liberty is holding up a torch. It's a beacon. It's a beacon for the rest of the world that America is the land of opportunity. We are a land of hope, promise, and all that. So what Save Our Allies is doing is trying to be that beacon for the Afghani people that flat out don't want to live under a terrorist regime because it's it's not a government. It's a terrorist organization. Even if it's a terrorist organization that right now is being funded by the United States government, by the way. Like, we sent them $64 million recently. So, go help this fantastic organization. I can't say enough nice things about them. I cannot prop them up enough. Saveourallies.org. Donate something. Even if you just share it with somebody who maybe can donate. There are American citizens. Like, that's the part that I really want to drive home. United States of America citizens that are trapped there. Trapped. They could not get to the airport because the Taliban controlled every single route into that airport. It's not that they wanted to stay. Don't let the White House press secretary tell you that, oh, we got, we're getting out everybody that we wanted to get out. Everyone that wanted to get out could not get to the airport. There are still people there. Help this organization get people home. It's it's going to be a long haul. It's going to take three to five years to get all these people rehoused. Not just in America. They're partnering with nations across the world to get some of these Afghan refugees rehomed. And it's going to take time. It's going to take an outpouring of support from wonderful people that li- like you that listen to this show, like us. They need help. That's what we do. We help. All right. United States Department of Justice Drug Enforcement Administration. Group Supervisor Michael G. Garbo. End of watch Monday, October 4th, 2021. Group Supervisor Mike Garbo was shot and killed while he and other regional task force members conducted an inspection of an Amtrak train at the Amtrak station in Tucson, Arizona. He and other task force members boarded the train, which was traveling from L.A. to New Orleans, to conduct an inspection for narcotics. They had detained one subject and were escorting him from the train when another man opened fire on them, fatally wounding Group Supervisor Garbo and another DEA agent. The subject then wounded another task force member as the two exchanged fire. The subject was later found dead inside one of the train's bathrooms. Group Supervisor Garbo had served with the DEA for 16 years 
and had previously served with the Metro Nashville Police Department in Tennessee. They did not give his age. Corrections Officer Vassar Richmond of the Bartlett Police Department in Tennessee. End of watch Monday, October 4th, 2021, from COVID-19. He was 62 years old and had served 38 years so far. Hardeman County Sheriff's Office in Tennessee, Deputy Sheriff Dale L. Wyman. End of watch, October 6th, 2021. Deputy Sheriff Dale Wyman succumbed to injuries sustained while he was responding to a vehicle crash on August 10th. His patrol car left the roadway and overturned on a ditch on Highway 100 near Lake LaJory Road. The crash left him paralyzed from the chest down. Deputy Wyman was a U.S. Army veteran. He had served with the Hardeman County Sheriff's Office for three years. He is survived by his wife, two sons, a daughter, and grandchildren. He was 56 years old, three years of service in law enforcement. Corporal Timothy Michael Tanksley of the Alto Police Department in Georgia. End of watch, October 8th, 2021, from COVID-19. 40 years old, six years on the job. He is survived by his son. Police officer Dylan Harrison of the Alamo Police Department in Georgia. End of watch, Saturday, October 9th, 2021, from gunfire. Police officer Dylan Harrison was shot and killed outside of the Alamo Police Department at about 1 a.m. The subject fled the scene and was arrested the following day. Officer Harrison was working his first shift as a part-time police officer with the Alamo Police Department. He had served in law enforcement for four years and had previously served with the Middle Georgia State University Police Department, Cochran Police Department, Dodge County Sheriff's Office, and the Oconee Drug Task Force. He is survived by his wife and six-month-old son. He was 26 years old. Master Trooper Adam Gaubert of the Louisiana State Police. End of watch, October 9th, 2021, from gunfire. You know, we just spoke about Trooper Galbert. He was shot, ambushed in his squad while doing paperwork and found 16 hours later. We do not have his age. He was on the job for 19 years. He is survived by his parents, two sisters, and two children, and he's also a military veteran. Master Deputy William Edward Marsh of the Rowan County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina. End of watch, October 10th, 2021, from COVID-19. Was 40 years old, had served 20 years. 
La Paz County Sheriff's Office in Arizona, Sergeant Michael Rudd. End of watch Monday, October 11th, 2021. From a vehicle pursuit. Sergeant Michael Rudd was struck and killed by a commercial vehicle during the pursuit of a fraud suspect at about 1 a.m. The suspect was being pursued by members of the Quartzsite Police Department and the Arizona Department of Public Safety. Sergeant Rudd had exited his vehicle on I-10 when he was struck by a commercial vehicle that was not involved in the pursuit. Sergeant Rund, Rudd excuse me, was a United States Air Force and Army veteran. He had served with the La Paz County Sheriff's Office for eight years and is survived by his wife and six children. No age. Maricopa County Sheriff's Office Deputy Sheriff Juan Miguel Ruiz Deputy Sheriff Johnny Ruiz succumbed to injuries sustained two days earlier when he was assaulted by a prisoner inside of the District 2 station at 920 East Van Buren Street in Avondale. He and other deputies had arrested a subject who was wanted for violating parole. Deputy Ruiz transported the man to the district station to book him. As he removed the handcuffs to place him in a holding cell, the man suddenly attacked him. A violent struggle ensued, during which Deputy Ruiz unsuccessfully attempted to use his radio to request assistance. The subject beat Deputy Ruiz unconscious, then stole his keys and used his patrol car to crash through the station's gate as he fled. Deputy Ruiz never regained consciousness and was kept on life support until October 11th so his organs could be donated. He served with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office for three years. He was 45 years old. Correctional Officer 4, Tuem Alama Scanlon from the Fresno County Sheriff's Office in California. End of watch, October 12, 2021. Correctional Officer Scanlon succumbed to gunshot wounds sustained on September 3rd of 2016 while he was responding to an active shooter inside the lobby of, a main, of the main jail. A subject had entered the lobby and attempted to cut to the front of the visitation line. When he was told to go to the back of the line, he walked toward a metal detector leading to the jail's secure area. Officer Davila and, other, and another officer were both unharmed, attempted to get the man to sit down. The man produced a handgun and shot both officers in the head before being subdued by other responding officers. Officer Scanlon suffered severe wounds during the shootout and remained hospitalized until passing away on October 12th. He had served 10 years with the Fresno County Sheriff's Office and had previously served with the Fresno County Probation Department He was 46 years old, and he is survived by his wife and five children. 18 years total. Deputy Constable Kareem Atkins of the Harris County Constable's Office, Precinct 4 in Texas. End of watch, Saturday, October 16th, 2021. 
Deputy Constable Kareem Atkins was shot and killed from ambush while arresting a robbery suspect in the parking lot of a sports bar in Houston. He and two other deputy constables were working a secondary employment assignment at the restaurant when a patron informed them of a robbery in the parking lot. Deputy Atkins and one of the other deputies responded to the location and were taking a suspect into custody when another man opened fire on them from behind with an AR-15 rifle. Deputy Atkins was struck in the head and fatally wounded while the second deputy was shot in the back and seriously wounded. The third deputy heard the shots and was wounded as he rushed to assist the others. Deputy Constable Atkins has served with the Harris County Constable's Office, Precinct 4, for two and a half years. He is survived by his wife and six-month-old child. He was 30 years old. And that is the list, the horrible list this week. I remember the Scanlon shooting. Really? I was living in, uh, in Fresno County at the time. Okay, I figured you I, might. Yeah, I had actually just finished um, my first police academy. Oh, okay. And that was shortly after uh, I graduated in June, and then in September there was the uh, the shooting down there. I remember, uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing that on the news and the uh, all the pictures of the the lobby all shot up and evidence markers for each of the. The shell casings. How do they even get a gun into the jail? So when you lobby. just walk through the, we just walk through the main lobby. There's no metal detectors or anything. They they wand what? you and everything prior to going. Well, it's just. I mean, it's the lobby. We don't have a metal detector to our lobby. But that's just at the walk police in. department, not at yeah. the jail. Yeah, but the main lobby to the whole correctional facility, like it's it's a lobby just like anything else. Oh, all our jails are separate. Yeah, all so the, all the jails in Cook County, and they all have metal detectors. When you you can't get into the yeah. lobby without going through a metal so, detector. Think of it as like like short term holding. So this it's it's kind of hard to explain. So they have like county jail where it's a whole separate facility um, out away, and that that is pretty strictly monitored. This is, say, like the jail that's connected to the courthouse. Courthouse, okay. So there's still that lobby that you can go into uh, for, like, visitation and stuff like that. If you're going to be held for, like, real short time or if you have, like, court cases coming up. Um, But, yeah, it's just a big open lobby. And then if you're going to go visit someone, then, yeah, you have to go through the metal detector and all that stuff. But, but yeah, I remember. Ours, you can't get into the lobby without going through a metal detector first. You come in the door and you're right at a metal detector. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's from what I understand. I, I'll be honest, I haven't been inside Fresno County's main, (laughs) main lobby jail, but if it's anything kind of like what, um, what we have in this County where I work, uh, there's a little bit of an opening. And then if you're going to like, if there's offices and then if you're going to go to, you know, the actual uh, correctional facility side, then there's like a metal detector right there. So, but yeah, that was, um, I remember it was a really sad time. And I, I think we went to about like four different, um, charity cookouts and and we were pretty strapped for cash at the time. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was during that first year of being out of the military. 
So I was unemployed. I know Annie was, you know, working what she could while I was doing the academy and stuff. And then I started driving for Uber. And I, I remember that being very important to us. So we try to do something to help, you know, help support him. So yeah. and I, when I saw that uh, the other day that he had finally, finally passed, that, that really was was sad to see because I have a lot of friends that still work for uh, Fresno County. So okay. I know a couple that knew him personally, so I know they're hurting. Oh, I'm sorry for their loss and for the loss of all of the officers that we read off this week. I have a couple good stories, not well, stories. These are heroes. We haven't done a hero of the week in a while. Well, let's do a hero of the week. All right, here we go. Dateline August 7th. Because it's been a while since we've done the Hero of the Week. <laughs> so Hero of August 7th, that, that week. No, it's the and Hero of this week. I mean, this week's I, Hero of the Week. No, the, remember their heroic what, action yeah, right. just okay. occurred. It just happened a few months ago. In August. Remember, we started, the, with that? we started to pile these. Oh, and Squadcast is asking if I'm still here. You guys have been yes, going for a long here. time. Are you still yeah. recording? Yeah, because they're right. actually letting us do it this time. Although I do right. like that, like my internet signal is at three, and I know good and damn well I'm chugging along a lot better than that. Well, I think mine says two to five, and I'm, once again, I'm hardwired yeah. in, so yeah. screw them. All right. New York cop rescues a baby from a crash near George Washington Bridge. Oh, I the wide eyed baby boy was found dangling from his car seat in an SUV that was nearly tipped on its side. I thought he was. When I first saw the story, I thought the car was teetering to go over the water, yeah. over into the water, yeah. right? Not just sitting on a median wall. Well, yeah, when you see, when you see that headline, you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and I'm looking at the picture, and it's a car that's teetering on the wall of the yeah that separates just, the two sides of the industry. It's like high centered. Yeah. <laughs> so a Port Authority cop swaddled the 14 month old baby boy in his uniform shirt as he and his fellow officers rescued the tot from a crashed SUV teetering on a barrier near the George Washington Bridge. It's not even the on wa- the bridge. It was near the bridge. It was near the bridge, right. <laughs> the whole story is like clickbait. Whoever wrote this is great. <laughs> I guarantee that, you, I guarantee you, if you dig into it, the author of this article, prior military. This Thomas has, Tracy. I've, this has, I've written an EPR before. Thomas Tracy of the New York Daily News. The wide-eyed lad was dangling from his car seat, secured Clinging by its straps. Life. When Port Authority police found the gray Chevrolet SUV resting on two wheels at a 45-degree angle on the New Jersey side of the bridge, the child's mother and another woman were driving. I'm I'm not going to say this is a woman driving joke, but it was a woman (laughs) driving. Uh, The child's mother and another woman (laughs) were driving toward the famed bridge around 12 a.m. Wednesday when they lost control of the wheel and crashed into a Jersey barrier vaulting on top of the waist-high barrier. Hey, man. Driving straight is very difficult. Apparently. It's not easy. So, cops first removed the baby, who was only in his diaper. A little hillbilly-ish there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe they just left the trailer park and they didn't have what? a clean shirt to put what? on him. Je- what? <laughs> so, so, I'm a hillbilly. Is what we're I saying. I say you're a hillbilly. Uh, if you're driving I've, around in your car without I've a shirt driven on, around with you're my a kids hillbilly. In diapers. Okay. No, no onesie. 
no San Dude, Francisco Giants onesie. Out. No, they don't care. They're kids. They don't give a fuck what hot is. They don't know. Back to the call. We we're going to Grandma's house to go to the pool. We were in. They were in a diaper. Okay, it's okay we were there. Riding around in a diaper. Port Authority, Port Authority police officer T.J. McPike took off that's his uniform a, that's shirt. A good cop name. Yeah, it is. And wrapped the child with it before passing the infant off to police officer Greg Rose. Not as good of a name. Who comforted hey, the Greg, boy? Hey, Greg, take this here kid until his mother could be removed. Don't drop him like the fucking Jets. Handle that thing better than fucking Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold doesn't right. play for the Jets anymore, right? He's with the Jets. He was no, at the with, time. He's with the Panthers. Well, he is now. He was. With he the was Jets, not right? with the Jets on August fifth or seventh. Oh, the maybe he happened. <laughs> I thought it happened last year. <laughs> We're so far behind with our heroes. We're not. We haven't been doing this that long. <laughs> it feels like it's been that long. I know. Hey, we have a badass of the week. We what? What? We have a badass of the week. All right, fuck it. Let's go. Also from policeone.com, there is a video that you can see. Cops, Pennsylvania cops, rescue an unconscious man from a burning building. The three officers ran into the building, thick with smoke, before finding a man on the floor. Ben Salem Township, Pennsylvania, hello. Three Pennsylvania police officers are being hailed as heroes after they pulled an unconscious man from a burning home Body cam video shows. According to Fox 5, officers Steve Ams, Kenneth Branford, and Samuel Ladd responded to the fire on August 25th. Just happens to be my son's birthday. Using a flashlight, the officers found a man laying on the floor. At first, the officers had to run back outside for fresh air, but they quickly returned and carried the man to safety. The man was taken to a hospital and last reported in stable condition. Quote, you kind of black out in the moment, but I remember just pulling him out and getting him out to safety. No, and that then was we smoke went, inhalation. And then we went back <laughs> to check and make sure no one else was back in there, Officer Ladd told Fox 5. The officers were praised for their heroism in a meeting with Bucks County District Attorney Matt Weintraub. Who cares what the DA has to say? I know. We're all very blessed Wait. to have each of you protecting us as we go about our lives, Weintraub said. Was this an arson investigation? <laughs> what the? F- Who cares what the DA has to say? There's no criminal charges. Uh, watch now, the DA is going to try to charge him with something. They kick down the door. Yeah, the criminal damage. felony vandalism. Yeah, son of. So, kudos to those three officers for running into. A, I ran into a burning building once. Yeah. Once. Why? So we got a call of a fire, and I pull what? up. It's a it's a three flat apartment building. So three levels. The entrance door has a canopy over it, you know, like to block you from rain and stuff. So a small roof. Maybe it's like four by four feet. So I pull up. Fire's coming out of the top window. And I see a guy hanging out the window, the top floor window. He's hanging out. He's got a kid. He's dangling a kid down three stories. And he's swinging it like this back and forth and then swings and lets him go. So the kid lands on top of that roof over the the, door all right then i see him take a second kid and he's he's doing that right and he flings this kid onto the roof of the over the door apparently he must have missed with his wife or she got impatient because she jumped from the window and was laying in a heap on the ground with broken legs i guarantee you how the conversation went i'll jump down you throw him to me the kid i'll catch him 
Well, after Guaranteed, she didn't make it, then he had to come up with a separate plan. And I'm like, holy shit. So <laughs> That's I a bad go, idea. <laughs> I go in the building. Also, bad That's idea. That's also a bad idea. <laughs> I run up the three flights of stairs. There's someone set a mattress on fire in the hallway. And that fucker's going. And I don't know if any of you have fire training. I was a fire investigator long after this. But once a mattress catches on fire and that shit hits the, the ceiling, it spreads to the corners you know, of the building. That's how yeah. fires spread. And they come down the walls. And so I, second bad idea. I'm up on that <laughs> floor. Can't breathe. Can't see. I go, I'll just open this door with my hand. This will so be I, fine. I grab his doorknob. <laughs> oh, Like no. Joe Pesci. <laughs> In Home Alone, <laughs> except it didn't have an M on it. Oh. And I'm like, holy fuck, that hurt. Well, <laughs> That's hot. I, and my shoelaces started on fire because oh, I was right God. next to the fire. So I'm like, fuck, running down the stairs. I jumped from level one to two. To, I jumped down to the, down to the next <laughs> one, down to the <laughs> next one. <laughs> and I came out, and my buddy Chris, whose father was a firefighter in our village for like 35 years, wanted to punch me right in the face for running into a burning building. <laughs> what are you doing he that said, for? If you ever do that again, I'll shoot you on your way out. <laughs> so never. <laughs> thank God the guy, the fire department came and they got that guy out of the window. And, uh, but that was my one time I ran into a burning building story. So I, ha- I haven't run into a burning building. I have run into a fire, though. Like, was it outside? You, yes, it was outside. Were like, you drunk? But, no, no. It's actually really funny body cam footage. So okay. I, have to, I have to tell the whole story because... All right. That's how you really appreciate some of the phrasing and tone I took. <laughs> so I'm working in the district I work in now, but this but this was two ago. Um, very busy district, and I mean, it's it's my turn to wear it. I mean, we're talking it's midnight, and I'm already down three reports. And I haven't eaten, and all I want to do is just eat. I've taken, like, two people to jail. It, it has been a night. And we're not even halfway done. Oh, I hate those nights. Yeah. So I finally go, you know what? Screw it. I even I sent a message out to the whole team. Hey, I'm hungry. I'm getting food. I'm going here. I'm going to start typing. Sorry, you guys are on your own for a little bit. Got my food. Got my jack-in-the-box. Started driving to our secure um, lot that we have in that district. And I see a glow over by this water treatment plant. And there's usually a security guard that has amber lights flashing. I'm like, oh, cool, the security guard's over there. Is that Driving. a stripper's name that runs around, Amber Lights? Yeah, Amber Lights. Yeah. Okay. She only works on Thursdays and then okay. Sunday evenings. All right. She's she's on the B squad. She's working oh, real hard, though. She's right. trying to get on that A team. Okay. Uh, so as I drive closer, like this, this glow is getting brighter. Like, that's weird. Hasn't registered yet. <laughs> Get even closer, and I see a eucalyptus tree, and it is on fire. And I go, that sucks. I go, well, what? maybe. I go, I had that brief. Thought, I was like, maybe I just drive away. I'm hungry. I I I am done. I'm starving. Yeah, it's just yes, a fire. I want to eat. It's a fire. It's not police it, thing. It's fire thing. Let it go out. And then I look down and I see in the opposite lane of traffic, there is a middle-aged Asian lady in her car. And she like is like 
wide-eyed and locks eyes with me. Like, damn it. Now I have to do something <laughs> because then if I don't, she's going to be like, these damn cops don't do their damn job. Me, 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 me. With more of an accent, though. Yes, with probably more of a Vietnamese accent because big Vietnamese right. population. Yeah. So I hit my lights, turn around. Hey, Starfire Code 3, I've got a uh, a tree fully engulfed. And at this time, like, the fire's like maybe five feet up the tree. Like, it's not a raging inferno. So it's not fully engulfed? The trunk was fully engulfed. <laughs> the trunk was? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, eh. And I know that, like, fire here's fully engulfed. Like, they... They're going to get a move on. And I'm watching because I can see the fire station from down the street. Oh, that's it's like a cool. straight. It's a straight shot. So I'm just sitting there staring at it, just waiting. Because I know once I get here, there's no criminal aspect. I can You're get gone. the hell out of here and yeah. go eat get some curly fries get cold. Right. I'd be sitting outside eating watching it. So my buddy shows up. And by the time he shows up, from, from the time I put it out to the time he showed up was less than a minute. That wow. fire grew to freaking... 15 to 20 feet up. Yeah. He just comes up to me. He goes, you going to tell him that it's like 20 feet up the tree? <laughs> no, I said fully like, engulfed. I said full. As I told you, I said fully engulfed, but this is bigger. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's, it, it's almost all the way up this 30 foot tree. You should have told him to bring some marshmallows. Yeah. So well, we're just sitting there watching. I mean, there's not much we can do. There's, yeah. That's burning up real good. Don't go so, in it. We see from the opposite side of the street now, this is a five or f- two lanes each direction, center divide or center turn lane. Five total lanes. I see this figure come up out of the creek area, homeless folk, and he runs across all five lanes and he starts walking along the sidewalk where this fire is. He's like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, I understand that meth makes you do stupid stuff. Oh, everywhere. But I'm just everywhere. standing there staring at him like, hey, uh, are you seeing this shit? Like, yeah. Like, What's he doing? Like, hey. Hey. And then he runs down where the fire is. And <laughs> oh, no. all you all you hear on my on my body cam footage is a heavy sigh. And then. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we both start running over there. Yeah. Someone, like, won't Damn we, it. someone just ran into the fire. Can you give us restricted? Can you, can you tell everybody to right. shut up? Radio. Need so radio. that we can do this. And we're, hey, what do you do? Get the fuck out of there. And he looks at us. He goes, no, you go away. I'll put it out. And he's kicking dirt onto this fire. Was it his house? No. Was no, so, house so we there? have a theory. So we have a theory. So his eventually ship, his, his drugs were there. Probably. But so we had just had a case where day shift officers were trying to get a guy out of a burning car and he was like, no, no, this is my home. I'm not leaving it. I'm not leaving it. So they ended up having to tase him and then pull him out Out of a burning car. Yes. Nice. They had a use of force on saving somebody. It was great. So I asked him, are we going to have to tase him? He goes, no, he'll fall into the fire. Right. That's bad. You already thought about that, huh? He goes, yep. Don't tase near a fire or a swimming pool or yeah. a roof. Yeah. Someone's on a roof. So, don't tase them. Yeah. So, all right. Unless there's a pool well, below them. I guess we got to just go in there and get him. So we go in there, grab him, yank him, pull him, <laughs> basically throw him down, and then pick him up and carry him up. And the whole time we're picking up, we're carrying up. He's like, "You ripped my leg off." 
rip your leg off. You have both legs, dumbass. So <laughs> eventually my boss comes over and we both can go, hey, uh, we may have used a little bit of force on this guy. He goes, nah, man, sounds like you were saving his life. That's right. I'm like, all right. He goes, hey, he goes, do you want to just go back to the creek or do you want us to like check you out, run your name, send you to the hospital? <laughs> no. He's like, no, I go now. I'm fine. So he yeah. left, and then one of the guys that had been around for a little bit, he looks at us and he goes, I think that's the dragon. The dragon? So so the dragon is this, I don't know if it's an urban legend or a myth or folklore or what, but the story goes there's a guy that basically runs the creek. So the creek that runs through our city is like where all the homeless live. And there's like a hierarchy of homeless people. People, The homeless people that live in the creek are basically seen as the bottom of the bottom within the homeless community. But they have a water view. They should be the higher echelon. Well, I mean, I can confirm that there is liquid in the creek. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's water. Okay, fair enough. So we're like, so the dragon is this guy that's supposed to be like he runs the creek like he is the the guy is a dragon like this yeah yeah and he, he's supposed to have this huge dragon tattoo on his chest yeah. uh, that's awesome so we're like god dang like I, so i'm going with it like that's the dragon yeah I you saw the, the dragon life. man yeah yeah, yeah chase the dragon i chased the dragon nice. into the fire but yeah that's my only fire story but getting on let's the keep it of, that way of fires my wife and i were talking as we were watching the rookie and in the most recent episode, uh, they run into a burning building to save a guy. And my wife turns to me and turns to me, I never do that. I have, no, nah, not unless it's like a kid screaming. They go in there because they hear a person screaming. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not going to, like, anything less or anything not a kid, probably not going to do that because I'm not a firefighter. It's super risky. It's very dangerous. I understand. Yeah, it, but I understand where like your instincts kick in. Where like like the guy said that they black out and just you went into lifesaver mode. So yeah. I totally get that. But if I had a, if you have that conscious thought, ultimately, you might be the one that the fire department has to save. Yeah, which and diverts resources from the person that needed the help in the first place. Yeah, or but, you blow out your back pulling a woman out of a fire, and then you you miss work, and they. They screw you over and make you come back to work early. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Fire bad. Fire bad. <laughs> Fire bad. Wants to hurt me. That, also, that is like one, like there's two ways I don't want to go. Drowning, burning. No, I'm right there with you, brother. And if I'm burning, I'm jumping in a pool to put it out, but I don't want to drown during that same event. That would be horrible. Yeah, drowning. Yeah, no. Also being stung by about a dozen wasps who came out of the sunflowers next to the pool. That would be my nightmare scenario. And then finished off by the murder hornets. Any fucking flying thing that stings me, I'm afraid yeah, of. Any flying instrument of death, I'm kind of opposed to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't like. That's a no so, for me, dog. That's a no. That's a hard pass. <laughs> um, and we went really long, like yeah, twice as did. long as I wanted to. So Maybe I will just say this. this. two-part episode. I wish we could if there was a natural break in there somewhere, but I don't think there was. So we could make a natural break. We could we could record two breaks right now. Or we'll just do the ending and I'll just cut it and make it. I don't know. 
I don't know how to do that. Anyways. Whatever's easiest for you, Mike, I'm on board with. All right. I've got no woodworking stuff because I handed out some flags and delivered some stuff. But I did want to mention that I want to go to work, WorkbenchCon. I do, too. It's on my birthday. It starts on my birthday, and I'm what? scheduled to work that weekend. I'm off the 24th, and I'm supposed to be on 25, 26, 27. Um, but, or whatever it is, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Either way, I'd have to try and take three days off. I think I'm going to yeah. do it. So, Oh, good for you. I, I can't swing it this year. Um, I think I mentioned it in our group, but I think, yeah. I think next year, I think we should... Oh, I'm definitely going next year because I won't yeah, so be working ne- weekends. Yeah, next <laughs> so. year I am I am planning All right. to go to WorkbenchCon. I'm going to make sure of the dates, try to get that time off, and then I think we should absolutely 100% go. Oh, fuck yeah. And I got a, we got a bunch of friends that live down in Atlanta too, plus Joey. I can go see Joey. We do. We got Joey. We got we Joey. Could do, we could do a show from WorkbenchCon with Joey. That's right. So I, I'm kind of excited if I can swing the days off thing, because it's open and we have full manpower on those three days. So I just have to come up with the time off. Like it looks like you know, you're going to be days. a little fluish. <laughs> yeah. And then you I look can't like post, you might be sick around then. Mike. I can't post anything. I'm not Instagram. a doctor, but, but you don't look good. I did stay in a holiday and express <laughs> the, at yeah. one point in time and got a feeling you're going to be sick. It, it's possible. Most likely not, though. So when I get back on the street, hopefully in a week or so, I'll start setting up those days off. Yeah, hopefully we'll start having some better stories for you guys. Yeah. Hopefully. I'll at least have some entertaining stuff with recruits. Oh, that eventually. Be awesome. I can't wait. Do you have anything to add for the woodworking stuff? Uh, no. Actually, you know, a uh, shout-out to uh, Tyler Westfall of Westfall Woodco. Uh, I yeah. bought a couple of his templates on a Template oh, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, template so Tuesday. Yeah, so I got a charcuterie board template and then a uh, a three pack of coaster templates. So very nice. Those will get batched out eventually. I've decided that next week I can't on Saturday, but Thursday and Friday I'm going to uh, just go balls to the wall in the in the garage and push this little this little finger as, as far as it'll go. Uh oh, don't get in trouble. No. So because oh, I, I need good. to get back out there. That's that's. For me, stuff. Um, I've got a couple orders that I just I need to get done. One of them is just a laser job that I've, you know. In all honesty, I've just been lazy about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hoping it's all designed. That... I just have to. I just have to go get a freaking piece of wood, cut it to size, and say, "Go." Jeez, that's not very hard. Get on that shit. I know. I try not I... to run like my saws and stuff at night when the neighborhood is trying to sleep because I'm not a dick. I mean, Screw I'm a them. dick, but like Screw not them. to my neighbors. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I have a woodworking shout out, and it and Ty is involved in that as well. I'm shouting out their podcast. I was going to mention that the Maker Made podcast. Yeah, with friend of the show, Brian, Brian Luke from Dogwood Customs. So uh, I listened to the the intro, which was one minute long, I think, and then I listened to the first episode, which was. Like, like 15 18 times on. shorter than this episode. <laughs> so giving them a shout out. Check them We're out. long form. Maker Made Podcast on Instagram. Uh, 
I think it's on gonna, all the major podcast platforms. Yeah, Spotify and Apple, uh, all that stuff. So go listen to stuff. them after you're done listening to us. Right. Write all reviews right. on ours. It helps. Please. It helps us within the algorithm. If you're on YouTube, give the little thumbs up thing. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's not going to screw with your algorithm. You're still going to see your woodworking stuff. Yeah. But get, but it really helps us out if you give us a thumbs up. If you and can don't subscribe, f- that would be awesome. Yeah, thank, like, and, subscribe, and then, ring the bell. Ring the bell. And then you'll know. You'll be the first of your friends to know what stupid shit we talk about. And if you have any questions, you can send them where, Brandon? Well, you can email the show at handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com. You can send the show a direct message, a DM, if you will, on Instagram will. at Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast. Or you can DM Mike over at Marazzo Woodworking. No longer, no longer MM Midnight Maker. Marazzo Woodworking. Woodwork. It's a fucking tongue twister. God damn it. <laughs> or you can DM me at Full House Woodworking. Also, both of us are on Etsy. At Marazzo Woodworking. Right, you changed Etsy? I did everything. Good, okay. So go check out Mike's Etsy shop. Go check out my Etsy shop. And remember, if you use promo code, Mike, what's your promo code again? Marazzo58. Marazzo58, promo code gets you 20% off. If you go to mine, Full House Woodworking on Etsy, favorite something. You got a little gift coming your way, little little surprise. And then if you buy something... You can also get a surprise. You get another surprise. You get a twofer. You can get two, two surprises. surprises. Two surprises. That's awesome. Go check it out. Be my first sale. See what happens. It I could dare change. You. It could change your life. New episodes of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast every Wednesday at midnight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking. Brandon, thanks for hanging out. It's fucking late. I'm tired. Stay safe on the streets and in the shop. Go Bears and Cowboys. Go Niners. Who has two teams? This guy. <laughs>